0: to sign up today to get 20% off of your first order. Now, let's start the show. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of the 6AM Run Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mark Paisant always glad to have you with us. Got a good show for you today. We have Aaron Bragoni joining us. And before we get started, by the way, that is B-R-A-G-O-N-E. You pronounce the E. But before we get started, the show is brought to you by 6amrun and 6amrun.com. Head over to that website to sign up to get 20% off of your first order. So I know that a lot of people listening may have gotten comfortable with the fact that they have extra weight and they think this is a the life they're going to live. But you can change if you want to. There's a way to get fit. There's a way to, to, to lose weight if you want to. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Of course, we're going to talk about lifestyle, all that good stuff. And we have like I said, Aaron Bergoni on the show. Aaron, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Why don't you go just introduce yourself for the audience?
1: Hey, Mark, thanks for having me. Uh, so my name is Aaron Bergoni. I used to weigh three hundred pounds. I dropped a hundred pounds, and fitness absolutely changed my life. Um, once I lost me, it, it raised the bar in every single area of my life. So first off, uh, fitness changed the game for everything. After I lost the 100 pounds, I decided to join the military. I enlisted in the Navy for five years. I was deployed three times. Uh, My last deployment, I was in the Arctic Ocean for eight months. And fitness got me through all of it. Fitness got me through the long days. I worked seven days a week, 12 hours a day for literally years. (laughs) And uh, it's always been... What I go to, fitness has has been my savior. If something is going wrong, I blow some steam. I get a good little workout in and I get back into my day. If I'm feeling down, I, I turn to positive action. Positive action is always going to have a positive result. I used to have uh, substance abuse. I used to drink a lot. I, my older brother was in prison for many years. Um, I come from a dark place and... I'm here just to spread the word about how eating healthy and having something positive to turn to is going to set you free. You know, being healthy and taking care of yourself first is always going to be the number one priority and mission.
0: And I love that. And before we get started, first of all, thank you for your service. I, I appreciate that. My brother is currently in the Navy, so I, I kind of I kind of understand that life. I don't I don't fully because I'm not in it. My dad is a a vet from the Army, so thank you definitely for your service. And I, you know, from from talking to him and and kind of seeing. You know, him get back from deployments and, and you know, being down 30 pounds because of the stress. And, and he is a, he is a commander of a, of a sub and and, you know, just seeing the stress that military personnel are under and military leaders are under. And for you to say this is the part that kind of got me through it and, and to be deployed to the Arctic Ocean and, and to to look at fitness to get you through that. Was that, I mean, was that planned? I know you had lost weight, but was that planned or is that something that you, you did that first workout and you're like, okay, this is, this is a little bit easier. And then that second workout, or is that something that just came kind of organically to you?
1: Um, honestly, uh, I had always been really, really insecure. Uh, I had a weight problem from, from a young age. i had always struggled with my weight. I've always been a bigger kid and, um, I never I never had anything to turn to. I didn't have people to look up to. And I I knew that I needed to start to kind of build somebody that I respected. And I remember when I was 300 pounds, I woke up one day and I was like looking down on myself and I was like, what is going on? Like, I can't, I cannot live like this anymore. And um, I made a promise to myself that that day I was going to go for a five minute run. And I did a super light jog. The next day I went for 10 minutes and I remember... I uh, I sat down. I cried for a little bit because it was super hard. I was smoking and I was drinking all the time and I was hanging around with negative people. But literally like a, a mental switch had happened in that moment. And I knew that I needed to change my environment. I knew that I needed to separate myself from all the, the negativity, all the people that live those sorts of lifestyles. I truly believe that your environment is going to make you or break you, you know, your habits. That's it's everything, you know, And uh, I went for 15 minutes, I went for 20 minutes, I went for 25 minutes, and every single day I went up for five minutes until it got up to almost three hours. And I know that sounds crazy, and it doesn't have to. You know what I mean? I lost 100 pounds in about five or six months. I I was tired of living that way, and I was gonna do whatever I had. So I didn't know anything about nutrition. I didn't know anything. My post-workout meal was a hot dog and a white piece of bread. That's what I ate after every single run. I didn't know anything and people would be like, you can't lose weight that way. You can't lose weight. And I'd be like, I'm going to run constantly and there's no way that I'm not going to lose weight. It's impossible, you know? Um, so I think it's important for people to know it doesn't matter if you, if you don't have money. And honestly, if you don't have the time, it's about working with what you have in that current situation, you know? Working with whatever it is that you have, you can do it. There's people, uh, when I would visit my brother in prison, those people were in the best shape of their lives. They were literally, it, it's all mindset. Everything is mindset. Everything. If you want to lose the weight, you can do it.
0: And I, I definitely love that. And, and there's, so, there's so much there because I was, I was the guy that you were. And, um, you know, being at 320 pounds, that, that first five-minute run was, I, I felt, I mean, I felt horrible about myself. I'm like, what happened? Like, wh- why? Like, I was exhausted is not the word I, I was sweating bullets uh, I had no I had no dry fit at the time like I was just in cotton and it was it was terrible but but I I, I love that the fact that it's it's mindset and you kind of talk about you know where you came from and kind of the upbringing and the people you had around you and you came from from drug ab- abuse and you came from um, you know just, a family that may have not been the best environment. Can you talk about that a little bit and what, you know, what that was like growing up in that environment?
1: Yes. So, wow. There's, there's a lot to be said there. Um, I mean, my big brother, this is how important, like uh, this is, I think mentally how everything has changed for me um, recently is like, you have somebody that looks up to you. Right. And if somebody, had a role model like i looked up to my older brother and they just looked up to them like a fraction of that like just by simply being in shape you can change so many people's lives just by simply taking care of yourself like i looked up to my older brother more than anything and my brother was a bad person my brother is a very bad person Uh, i mean he has warrants out for his arrest right now it's only a matter of time before he's either dead or he's in prison you know but um my my father uh he was always drinking he never was really there if i was around he was just sitting on the couch and he was drinking um my mom uh she used to bring guys around a lot you know i'd spend i'd have to hear hear all everything i saw like i didn't know how to be in a relationship with anybody because i would i saw all these things being broken smashing holes in the wall like the meanest things in the world you know i literally had to learn how to rebuild myself as a person you know um coming from a place where you don't even know how to show love or receive love it's uh it's mind-blowing and I always tell people like if you're rock bottom the number one thing that you could possibly do is learn to get into shape if you can learn to get into shape it's gonna it's gonna teach you how to have patience it's gonna teach you how to mold your mind in every other way and open up so many other doors, you know? So that's what it was for me. It it taught me how to read. I had to learn how to learn getting into shape taught me how to learn. I didn't, I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know how to function. And um, I think it's very interesting because my brother went to prison for five years when he was 22. And I remember being 22 and I was like, I'm going down the same road as him. I need to do something completely different. That's when I decided to enlist. So just fitness, you know? That's all I can say.
0: (laughs) I mean, it was, it's, let me just say this. First of all, it it was amazing the fact that you got to that age and you were self-aware enough to say, "Uh, there's two roads I can go down and I've seen where one road takes me. I've seen where, I've seen my brother go down that road and and, because so many people in your, in that situation would have just followed their brother blindly, would have just said, this is my family, this is blood, I'm following him. And there would have been a, pr- there would have been a pride in that. There would have been like, oh, I made the right decision type feeling, you know? But you said, but, and, and I don't mean no disrespect to your brother, but you said, I can do better. I can do better. And now you've taken these kind of life experiences into not only this fitness journey, but now you're coaching others. And what, what, like, what was the thing that said, Hey, I want to teach others to do what I've done. What was that
1: moment like for you? Um, man, this is, this. Yeah. I want to be the big brother for, for all these other people. You know, I want to be the person like, Hey, you don't have to, that's what, that's what keeps me going every single day. I think about like all the people out there that are just Giving into all the instant gratification in every other way, turning to food, turning to drugs, turning to porn, turning to all of these things just to feel. And I want to be that person to show them like you don't have to live that way. You know, you don't have to you don't have to eat this way. You don't have to be insecure. You don't have to hate yourself. You know, you can look in the mirror and, and truly take pride in who you are. And you take pride in who you are to show others how to live a better life. It's honestly when you get to the point where it's really not about you, is when everything starts to change. My brother, it's literally only a matter of time before he's dead or in prison, and I feel like it's my responsibility to like stay in shape, to show a healthy life, to, to show these things, in hope that he's able to switch his life around. I'm still, I still have that in the back of my in my head. You know, I don't stay disciplined for me. I stay disciplined for the people that I know are struggling, and I think when you're able to put those things in in the front of your head is when is when it separates you from just doing it to do it. I do this for other people. You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. No, I definitely, I definitely, uh, understand that. And I, I appreciate that about you. And when you, you know, when you see this person that you're coaching and, and you know, it, you, you see the first little ounce of achievement, you see the first little ounce of progress like, I'm sure they feel great, but being the person you are and being where you've come from, like, that's got to make you feel amazing, too.
1: It um, I honestly can't even put it into words. Like the first time they're smiling and they're just like they're telling me that they didn't get high or they didn't get drunk or they they just lost a few pounds and they didn't think that they could do it. And I just it's like uh, it almost brings you to tears every single time because you've been in that same situation. I don't believe in taking any sort of advice from anybody that hasn't walked the walk, you know, and um, seeing somebody that's in a dark place just turn their life around for their family. That's the most rewarding thing, you know, and they're just like, you know, I'm getting into shape and, you know, my girlfriend or my wife or my husband is starting to do it, too. Like, it's almost like you're spreading positivity. You know, there's I think we're all here to help each other. I think like right now we're having this conversation for a reason. We're supposed to help each other get through this and there's nothing that feels better than helping somebody. There's, there's nothing in the world seeing somebody just break through that barrier and completely change their life around, you know?
0: Right now I agree completely. And now that, now that you've kind of, I don't want to call it make it a change, but you've you've matured and you've grown, and and now you're you're taking this this big brother role, the role that you never had, uh, the the person you're having to look up to. Like right now, like who are the people that you're able to look up to when it comes to whether that be fitness mindset. You know, making sure you don't fall back into the bad habits you you had before. Are there any people that you look at to kind of keep you motivated and disciplined?
1: Um I would say I have a a structured morning routine that I make sure that I that is molded around self improvement each and every day. Um, you know, I I don't miss a workout. I work out seven days a week in the morning, you know, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but I, I make sure to just put positive things into my mind every day. I wouldn't necessarily say that I have that one person um, because I feel like the people that are on my team, I mean, they're all the motivation that I need. I I won't miss a workout for them. I I, I do it for them. I, I, I post my workouts every single morning on Instagram because I know that there's somebody out there struggling. You know, I know that there's somebody that needs somebody to look up to. They can shoot me a message and we can just talk for a little bit. There's nothing that that, that beats that so I wouldn't necessarily there is one say there is one person but I mean I have uh you know two really close friends that i that I have in my life that they're not super into fitness but i if I ever need somebody to talk to and I'm married I have my wife you know probably just my wife you know we, we're a team
0: and I like that and also to be honest with you the 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 answer that i i heard there was that you 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 look up to yourself. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, Like you have become your own motivation. you become your own disciplinarian. There's a part of you that does not want, there's a huge part of you that does not want to go back. Hmm. Um, but I kind of want to talk about that a little bit because in every journey, there's always that misstep. There's always that two steps forward, one step. There's always that has that happened to you regardless of where you've been in your journey that you have kind of slipped up a little bit? And if it Mm -hmm. has, like how did you recover? How did you tell yourself to keep going forward?
1: Okay. So I did a eight month deployment. And as soon as I got back, they had told me that they basically lost all of my job qualifications and they were sending me to another ship. So I came home for two weeks, they said you're going to go to another ship for um, for deployment. Like pack your bags, and I was like, okay, you know, I'll do it. You, they said you're just going to go out there for 90 days. Um, almost seven months went by, and I came back. As soon as I came back from that deployment, um, I found out I was going to the Arctic Ocean. <laughs> so everything was fine. Like I was, I was honestly like doing really good mentally. I remember I made new friends on the other ship and we would kind of laugh about things like, that's crazy, blah, blah, blah. But um, I went to the Arctic for eight months and I was like so exhausted and just beat down. Um, I started turning to food. Um, I was still working out. Like I working out was my outlet, no matter what. But I, I got into, I got into gambling, I got into gambling. I, I was like super, I started going crazy and um, I started to lose control Uh, One of my best friends that I was on deployment with, I did two deployments with him and he got wrapped up in the mess and he ended up taking his life. Um, Lots of, lots of crazy stuff, but I got involved in the gambling circuit and then I got out of the military and I put on a bunch of weight. I was still working out, but I, I couldn't believe who I was and I think I just needed a little bit of like a healing phase. I was exhausted from being in the military and, I was able to start using some of my benefits, get into school, and I was able to find myself again. And but this time even harder than I was before. Like I will never step foot in the casino. I don't want anything to do with that sort of stuff. And I think it's important to know that people have all of these like sort of addictive traits, but they can use that addictive trait towards something positive, you know. So I I fell into the gambling and I was overeating again, but the working out never stopped. And once I got my nutrition dialed back in, it was game over. And having my clients now and being able to talk to them about it, it's uh, I'm just I'm ready to keep going. I'm on fire now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's awesome. And and I'm glad you mentioned that because and that's kind of why I was asking the question, because there is that I, I know that addictive personality that a lot of us have. I am, I'm like, I fall back into just eating sweets and and going to food when I get stressed and it's, it's so easy to do it. Um, But I think if we ponder too long on it, then we're just going to stay in that space. Like we need to move. We need to understand that it happened. I cannot go back in time and take my chips off that table. I can't take my hand out of that pot. I can't, you know, uneat that food. But what I can do is I can learn from it and move forward. And I think a lot of people need to hear that because I'll be honest with you, in the social media age we live in, like no one, rarely does anybody post the relapse. Rarely does anybody post, I was back on the tables. I I ate uh, a, a fatty hamburger. Like no one posts that. We always see the gym and we always see the running and we always see the abs and we always see that. But people, we're human. We're human. And I, I'm assuming that because you have gone through the, these things, whenever somebody you're coaching comes to you and and, and is talking about a slip up or talking about, oh, I can't believe I did that last week, you're able to at least get them back on the path they need to be on because you have that experience and you have the empathy. Is that correct?
1: Yes. 100%. I think it's important to know that like, when you find yourself in these like almost vulnerable states that you turn to something positive, you know, like you got to a- avoid boredom. Like if you feel yourself starting to get a little restless and you know you're about to eat, eat all that food or uh, make some bets, whatever it may be, that you-, you-, you turn to positive action. And once you can like really understand like when that's happening, like, okay, I'm, I'm having these cravings right now. I need to do some push-ups. I need to get out of the house because once you work out, like I've never once worked out and didn't feel like the most elevated state I could possibly be in. You're at your, your highest level when you're when you're working out, you know, so even when you find yourself weak, like it doesn't have to be anything crazy. I'm talking about like taking positive action, picking up the phone, calling somebody, like just doing something to to build yourself up and understanding that we all have those moments But learning how to make healthier choices, like instead of like eating a bunch of junk food now, I'll eat like a giant steak, you know what I mean? Or eat something that's not going to make me, you know, completely feel like a piece of crap after it's over, you know, like there's different things that you can do. You know, we have this aggression in us. We have these things that we need to get out. But what are you going to do? Those moments, I think, define us, you know, you have to turn to something positive, right?
0: And you you talked about turning something positive and being vulnerable, and you decided to take a step back and and try stand-up comedy, which I I love, love, love. There is not a more directly vulnerable profession hobby in the world than getting in front of strangers and having them laugh. So first, talk about this. What made you get into stand-up comedy?
1: Well, first, wow. To me there's nothing more there's nothing more difficult than standing in front of a, a group of people and trying to win them over. Humor is, to me is like the weirdest art form in the entire world. It's so subjective. It's the most subjective thing in the entire world. You know like I I don't know. I it all started just trying to get my first laugh. I got on stage and I got my first laugh and then I was able to kind of start talking about insecurities and things that I had struggled with and seeing like being able to turn something that I struggled with into a laugh, uh, really brought me like a, a really good feeling, you know? Um, but yeah, we can dive into like, so, so check this out. I was, I was, I've been in the comedy circuit here in New York city doing all sorts of open mics and, uh, getting it in. And my brother, like I told you, he, he, he would always hit me up and tell me to send him some of my stuff. Uh, to make them laugh. And all these people that I know that are struggling with drugs and struggling with alcohol back home, I started to get almost frustrated because I felt like I was masking their pain. And I needed to, I needed to make a switch. And when they were telling me to send them these funny things, I didn't think it was funny anymore. And I almost had, I had to take a step back from stand up because I, I needed to figure out a way to have a, a more positive message instead of just masking, you know, so that's what I'm working on right now.
0: And, you know, I, I love that because you're absolutely right. It's it's not just making people laugh, but winning over the room, winning over a bunch of people who, and let's be honest, a lot, people haven't heard, like, people, open mics, they haven't heard your name before, They and they don't know you, and they're thinking either this guy could be extremely funny, or he could lose us. There's no real gray area there, <laughs> so... um But you bring up a great point, and I think the thing about people don't understand about comedians is that uh, if you look at that profession, there's a lot of mental fatigue and mental illness and, and just depression, anxiety, because a lot of them are doing exactly what you just said, and they're masking feelings, whether their own or others. But at the same time, if you use it as that kind of therapy, which it sounds like you're using it It can be just like fitness it literally can be just like because because you know hitting that pr and then having that group of people laugh at you can have that same effect to the mind those endorphins and 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 you talked about earlier addictive personalities we want more of those laps right more of the prs (laughs) so it makes total sense to me that you (laughs) would jump into it it makes total sense yeah um tell tell me about the circuit. Like, is this something you just, you just sign up for open mics? Like, how often do you do it? Is this something that you're looking to to, to really jump into?
1: Um, number one will always be the coaching, but number two, humor and, and all of that, you know, it's something that I always do. T- it's interesting because how we talk about mindset, I feel like now I view, instead of like a masking thing with humor, I look at it more of like, this is the most uncomfortable thing in the world, and I feel like I'm just growing by getting on stage. To me, like anybody that just gets on stage, even if they do good or bad, like I love them for it. I think it's so funny. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there's no negative experience from it. But um, the the
0: circuit. Man, you bring up a. You bring up a good point. You bring up. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but you bring up <laughs> such a good point when you say, regardless if that person gets laughs or not, like it's still an achievement. It's, it's a huge. Yeah, it's that is such such a positive way to look at it because so many people will look at that as a failure if they get on that stage and they don't get a laugh or after yeah. five minutes they can't. But just and I, I didn't mean to cut you off because I want I want to hear about the circuit, but I wanted to make sure people heard what you said because just that fact of you being vulnerable, of you getting out of your comfort zone, of you saying I'm going to do this that's a success right there. So um, thank you for mentioning that, but please talk about the circuit.
1: Oh yeah. So the New York city circuit, it's seven days a week. I mean, you can get on stage anytime you want. They open at like 11 a.m. and they go to like 3 a.m. So there's no excuse why you can't do them. You can literally do like five to eight open mics a day. Um, wow. But I mean, they have times where you're literally doing it in front of like two or three people and they just stare at you and it's, just awkward and it's well, yeah. there's nothing stronger in those moments. Like when you learn to like love them and like, you see other people going through it and regardless if they're laughing, like the whole thing to me, just, it's so uncomfortable. You talk about like get comfortable being uncomfortable. There's nothing more uncomfortable than telling a bunch of bad jokes in front of like two people that are, you know, arm distance away from you. But they also have super good mics that, you know, they run seven, eight, nine p.m. there's a there's full room so you can get some some of the lower crowds in the morning and then go hit the better ones at night um, sky's the limit you can literally just keep going and you can always improve and they're going all the time it's awesome I love it
0: and I from from coming from a fan of, of stand-up comedy and you're absolutely right it's totally subjective because I'm sure you could use the same material in front of two different audiences on the same day and get laughs at one and nothing at the other it's totally subjective but it totally reminds me you're talking about how many people in the crowd uh one of my favorite comedians is maria bamford and i think her last special she starts just telling the jokes in the mirror and then she says it to her husband and it cuts to her just saying it to her husband then it cuts to like people in her living room and then it cuts to people in her backyard and then it cuts to a bigger audience and i think i think it's so well done because it just shows like, the thing about it. You mentioned people staring at you and not getting any laughs. Like I, I think of comedians like Andy Kaufman, who would try to not get any laughs. And yeah, that it would looked, be his, com- that would be his comedy.
1: I don't know if you, you can know, see that picture and, from there. That's Andy Kaufman hanging on my wall.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh man. I love, I love uh, his comedy. What I, it, it was so misunderstood that he was so ahead of his time. And I think, you know, people are just now figuring out like his comedy and how great it was. So, um, and that's awesome. Congratulations to you. But, you know, but, but before we get out of here, I definitely I, I want you to to kind of speak on this. So someone is listening to this right now when they're they're overweight, they're not happy with their life, they're addicted to something. The people around them are the wrong people they're toxic they're dangerous they're not helpful they're keeping this person down and you know that person because there's a part of us that doesn't want to be mean we don't want to split off from the people we know we don't want to abandon our friends even though they might not really be our friends but without doing that we're not going to better ourselves Mm -hmm. how do you help that person make that jump, make that leap and say, I have to make change. I cannot hang out at the bars with these people every Friday, Saturday night. I can't watch the game and get wasted every Sunday afternoon. I can't stay out late on work nights. Like I'm I'm late to work. I've put on pounds. I'm not happy with myself. None of my clothes fit. I can't stop eating. How do you begin to help that person get to the place that they want to be?
1: You have, to, you have to know that the people in that sort of circle, they're stuck in there. And they don't understand how sick they actually are. And you can't put yourself around people that are going to continuously numb you. They all just, they all just want to numb each other. They're, they're not your friends. If they were your friends, they would be happy that you wanted to lose weight and do something different. Those people are, are stuck in that sort of situation. And once you get out of that situation, you can go back and you can help them. You can go back and you can show them how to live a healthier life. There's no better feeling than than going back for the people that you love. You have to learn how to rebuild yourself, though. And you haven't learned the discipline yet. You have, you have to learn how to be able to put yourself in those situations without saying yes to everything. You can't say yes to all these people. You can't be afraid to say no. And you have to put your foot down, you know, because people come, these your family members, my brother is a drug addict. My sister is an alcoholic. My mom, I don't even know what she's doing, you know what I mean? But I had to get out of there to learn how to take care of myself and now I set the example for them and they're doing better now. And they let me know that they're doing better and there's no better feeling than that. Get yourself straight and then go back for the people that you care about. And Don't be afraid to hurt anybody's feelings. Don't be afraid, you gotta put your foot down. You gotta stand up for you, this is your life. This is your life. And what's crazy is years are gonna pass And those same people are going to be in the exact same situation. Some of them are going to pass away. Some of them are going to get cardiovascular disease, diabetes, all of these drug addictions. And you're going to have moved on like seven different phases of your life. Go back for them. Get yourself straight and go back for the people that you love. Be the big brother. Be the big sister.
0: I mean, just like you hear in the airplanes, put your mask on before you help anyone else like that is that's what you have to do like we cannot help other people if we don't know how to do it ourselves if we don't know how to do it ourselves you know I think a lot of people are afraid of resentment I think a lot of people are afraid of oh I'm gonna better myself and everyone's gonna think I'm better than them they're gonna they're gonna think I've, I've left them and from someone who has gone on a little bit of the same journey as you have like a lot of times it's not that way. A lot of times, you know, if they've been with you long enough and they see you bettering yourself, they start to think, well, well, he used to run in my circles and look what he's doing. So, um, Aaron, I think that is great. And I, I think the way, and I, I've never thought about it that way. And I, I, hate to say that I've never thought improve myself and then go back and get them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think that, I think a lot of people can, Can learn that way and and people listening to this, I want to say this uh, before I let Aaron talk about his socials. But if you're the person that has to have somebody come back and get them and help them, that's when you're a friend right there. If you call yourself a friend, that is when you're a friend. Don't push them away. Don't say, No, 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 you go do your thing. I'm I'm good doing if someone is reaching out because, like you said, diabetes high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, liver failure, addiction, depression, all this stuff, depression. Yes. Depression, anxiety, all this stuff. Like if someone's reaching out to help you, that means they love you. That means they love you. If they didn't, the opposite would happen. They wouldn't even come and get you. So I appreciate you putting it that way. Aaron, how do people find you online? How can they see these daily fitness posts from you?
1: So I'm on Instagram at Aaron underscore Bragoni, And I'm also on TikTok, Aaron underscore Bragoni.
0: You heard it here first, uh, guys. So go ahead and hit one if you're in the New York circuit and you're trying to get into, um, you know, stand up or want to get some of these open mics, hit Aaron up. He can help you out with that or go to his Instagram, go to his TikTok. Aaron, this has been amazing. Thank you for all that you've done. Again, thank you for your service. We appreciate that. You take care of yourself and have a great rest of your night, okay?
1: Thanks for having me, Mark. Talk to you later.
0: Thank you, as always, for listening to the 6AM Run Podcast. Again, I am your host, Mark paysant. Please like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of this amazing content. If you can, we would love if you left us a review. Remember to follow us online and use hashtag 6 Run to connect with the greatest group of runners and fitness enthusiasts in the world.